Welcome to Just Up The Trail. My name is Rob Jones. I'm a hiker and this is my little show where I get to talk to people doing really cool things in the outdoors. On today's podcast, we'll hear a conversation I had with Trevor Lewis Jr. from the YouTube channel Summit or Nothing, where Trevor shares his regular adventures from up on Dartmoor. As usual, I'll leave links to everything in the show notes to Trev's YouTube channel and anything else that gets mentioned. And I'll also leave a link where you can leave a review of the show either in your podcast app or on the website page for this episode. A couple of reviews have come in, and while I am i don't really want to be the guy who sits and reads all his five-star reviews out, I do want... I will do it just this once. So this came from Salty Baxter. It says, A friend sent this link to me. I put it in my this to listen to. Back home after walking some of the southwest coast path, I found I missed being out there walking. This podcast is real, as real as that section of the pathway. It really hit a chord and is now looked forward to for the next episodes. It's all-inclusive and worth every second, where learning new skills and mindsets are nothing short of inspirational. Thank you very much, Salty Baxter, if that is your real name. I hope that is your real name. That's a wicked name. There's a phrase in that review which described the podcast as real, and those of you who know me will know, and hopefully those of you that don't know me quite as well yet will come to know just how important that is to me so if that ever changes please give me a shout find me and box my ears it's really important that this podcast is real it does have integrity that it offers something useful to people even if that is just hearing other people getting out there and doing excellent things and that can inspire you that's really important to me anyway i first stumbled upon trev on youtube a few years ago and as you'll hear he's a wonderfully humble and intelligent down-to-earth human being and he's showing he's showing off all that dartmoor has to offer through his work with youtube his videos and his films i really hope you enjoy listening to this conversation as much as i enjoyed having it and i started the conversation by asking trev how we got started on youtube and in the outdoors in general no more suffering Well, I used to make videos with my mates. We used to make little short films. And as we got older, they sort of... We all got busier with life. But I've... I don't know. I was doing like sort of nine to five jobs that I didn't really like. And that was... It was all all my life was at that time. And I was a bit low. Um, and then a, a new chap started to work with us. And the person I'd been working with, we didn't get on quite... You know, and I sort of said to the boss, look, I'm going to look for something else because I'm just not happy here. And they said, well, try working with this new chap and just, you know, we don't want to lose you. So they put me with this chap, Paul. He was an older bloke. He was about 50 years old. Uh, used to be Mr. Cornwall, like bodybuilder. But we, when I first met him, I thought, oh, who is this? Like, looked like a miserable little bloke. But within hours, it was like we'd always known each other. We really got on really well. And um, he just was always going out hiking. Or he wasn't at the time because he had bad knees, but he was just always talking about hiking and he'd bring in magazines and show me pictures that he'd had printed in the magazines and he'd tell me stories. He'd lend me DVDs about mountains and it just really got me wanting to... I was thinking, yeah, this this looks cool, you know. I I always loved mountains. I went to New Zealand just to look at them, but I didn't even think about going up them at that time. 
about 20 years ago now. When were you in New Zealand then? Uh, it was uh, about 2004, I think. No. I was in New Zealand in 2004. Yeah. That, and that was like the last time before I had the kids that I'd done any serious hiking. Yeah. So I did like the Cape Ranger Trail that goes from the very oh, top nice. and down 90 Mile Beach yeah. and all of that. I'd done that on a bus. <laughs> and then there was a... Like the uh, Tongariro crossing is like the day hike, yeah. the big famous day hike. And then I did another one along the river down to Wellington as well. That's like three or four oh, days. Oh, wow. wow. So you re- so you reckon it's 2004 for you It as was, well, yeah. Then? And we just like got on the bus. Um, uh, what was it called? The Kiwi Experience. And it, you pay for your bus ticket. It takes you all yeah. the way around. And you can just get off and stay in each location as long as you want. I think yeah. I had about six weeks out there. But yeah, I wasn't into hiking then. I did do one hike up um, the Franz Josef Glacier. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that. amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it was really good. And that was unlike anything I'd done before. So, yeah, If you go just down the road, you've got the Fox Glacier as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, on the way down the South Island, I had stopped with a mate and we went up to Franz Josef and that. And then on the way back up, I had met Hazel, who's my wife now. Oh, right, yeah. So And we walked out to Fox and she fell in the river and that was one of the things that cemented our relationship. <laughs> she she fell in the river and she just tried to style it out that she wasn't soaking wet through in this glacial meltwater, you know. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's all I've got, I, that's all I've got to say about New Zealand, really. I wasn't hiking yeah. at the time, but I was into the mountains. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just working with this chap, Paul, he sort of suggested I should start doing it. And the only person I knew who, out of my friend group who went hiking was Naif. And so I phoned him up out of the blue one night because we hardly saw each other. We were sort of friends who used to just drift in and out, you know. And he just he couldn't believe out of all his friends, the one person he never thought would phone him up and say, let's go hiking was me. So what was life like for you at that time then, like before you got into it? what It was just a lot of work and... A lot of frustration wanting to make videos. That was the thing. I wanted to make stuff. And I was just sort of making crap in the end on my own. And it wasn't very satisfying. I was doing movie reviews because I always loved the films as well. But I wanted to just do something more, you know. So it just, as soon as I started hiking, I thought, well, I'm going to just document this, take the camera out and film it and share it to our channel on YouTube. And after like three or four times out, we started to get people watching our videos again and they was really enjoying them. So me and they sort of said, well, let's start our own hiking channel. And that's where Summit or Nothing began, really. Like, At what point did you think, was it like the need, the need of something to make that kind of... It was a bit of both. It was a bit of, I didn't do anything active. I The, the truth is I wasted a lot of years sort of in the town where we lived a lot of pot smoking and it just I'd sort of got with got my family so I hadn't been doing that so much and I started to feel as soon as I stopped I started to feel like oh my god what have I done all these years it was like a big pause button Mm -hmm. on my life sort of from college onwards and I I thought I need to do something I was you know I've just passed 30 and you feel like you're getting over the hill, don't you? And you sort of, something in your brain wakes you up, doesn't it? Come on, you can't do this all your life. Well, it did me. So there was that side of it as well. I wanted to do something, some activities, but I wasn't into sports or 
anything like that. So meeting Paul and him telling me about hiking just made me think, oh, that's that's the way to go. But in the early days, it was like I really wanted to make the videos, but I wanted to go out hiking. So they were feeding each other, really. If you've only got a certain amount of time, you'll try and combine the two hobbies, if you like. Yeah, well, I just, I always, you know, it was a no-brainer for me. As soon as I went out, it's like, I know I'm going up on Dartmoor, I'm taking the camera. I've never seen it. I've never been on the moor. I'd seen it all my life from where we lived in North Devon. You could see Dartmoor on the horizon. And uh, it always looked awesome to me. So, yeah, it just was a no-brainer to take the camera up there. Can you um, remember that? You remember that first hike? Yes. That you went yes. on? <laughs> Talk us through that then, because if, if you're saying, you know, you're, you're out of shape and your lungs might be filled with stuff they shouldn't be yeah. and or, or, or the damage from that from it, a few years because like like i used to smoke until i was like 38 or something yeah so, but yeah just talk us through that first yeah hike. well i hadn't i think i'd stopped smoking at that point or just sort of in and out of smoking and the people i work with if i work with people who smoked i'd smoke but i think i hadn't really smoked a lot and when we and naif got there he's like all right because I wanted to do mountains, so the place to go training for us was Dartmoor, because there's no mountains down this end. I hear they're going to put one on Cranmere Pool, though. They should do. Anyway, I'm starting the petition. <laughs> but, um, but if they can do surfing in Cardiff Bay or wherever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they do, yeah. So I said um, to Nath, take me out, and he said, right, I've plotted a route-ish, and we're going up to High Willies, which I think he used to call it Higher Willies, and <laughs> he always got it wrong. And we parked at Sorton. I don't know if you've ever been there. There's a little church. And then there's a walk that takes you up to the moor. It's only, it's not even a mile long. It's probably about a third of a mile to get up to the gate. And we set off and we started walking from the car to the gate. And I, it, all of a sudden, I had pains in my legs that I was like, oh my God, these, I've never knew there were muscles there. And they were just tearing up and... By the time I got to the gate, I was absolutely shattered. And I thought, I might have made a mistake here. <laughs> this might this might not go very well. I didn't tell Naif. I didn't want to worry him. And I thought, I'll just get on with it. But we sort of trotted around the side of Sorton Tour and headed out to Shellstone Tour. And by the time I got up there, I was getting in the flow of it. And yeah, it's glorious weather. It, there was hardly anyone about. We had to do some river crossings and a bit of sort of clambering up the side of Black Tor. I just, yeah, I was just, a, I really enjoyed it. And I soon forgot how knackered I was, you know. And having the camera, you can stop when you get tired and go, I'm just filming the views, you know. <laughs> so, And it felt like a proper adventure. Then I suppose oh, the river crossings and a bit of scrambling yeah, about. Yeah, it was and... amazing. And to get up to High Willies, which which now I know this part of the moor, I live quite close to it and I'm up here all the time. And it, it feels, I said in my last video, it feels so much smaller than it did when we first started going up there. It's because you do it in half the time. I know, and why. now I, I don't even take a map up with me. You know, Nafe was navigating the whole way and... Now I sort of know where the paths are, and but back then it was a real eye-opener. And, and the difference then as well, because that was pre-lockdown, you know, pre-COVID, there was no, no, no one up there. Every time we went out, we'd be lucky if we saw three or four people. But now it's so popular, you know, it's, you never feel like you're on your own up there. Obviously, so you go out with Nate for the first time, he's a bit more experienced. It feels in your earlier videos that he's the experienced man of the two. Yeah, <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> do you feel you would have got out without Nathan at some point anyway? 
was that drive there? I don't know because I, I, I'm still a bit wary of doing stuff on my own as it is. Dartmoor, I'm a bit comfortable, but so this is my next question: is like how long did it take you to feel comfortable out on the moor? Because Dartmoor, it has this reputation of being quite an intimidating place. Yeah, I think it was a good couple of years into it really once we'd started camping and sort of Nath was getting busy with work and life and every time we'd go to meet up it wouldn't happen and it would be another week where I hadn't gone out and in the end I was like I've just got to start doing this on my own I think by that point I was hiking the southwest coast path a lot on my own but uh, yeah it wasn't something I was confident in doing I'm quite a sort of nervous person to an extent but once I started you know and it became easier doing it on my own because I could pick the days that suited like the days with good weather rather than picking a date and then it always being absolutely horrendous weather when we went out because I mean the third the third or fourth time we went up to Dartmoor and it was misty the mist come in and it really threw me how we'd sort of walked from one tour to another in the mist, but somehow had gone around the back of a tour and come up, but it felt like we hadn't. It felt like we just walked in a straight line. And then the mist cleared a bit, and I was like, oh, what are those tours? It was over there. We got the map and compass out and realised that's the tours we've just come from. And that made me think all of a sudden, it's like how easy it would be to get disorientated up on the moor. So... You've got this new hobby then of hiking yeah. and you've started making your videos yeah. and putting them out on YouTube. And how long was it before you kind of thought there might be something in this YouTube lark? It was a slow burner for us. And I think because we were sort of considered almost the bad boys of, <laughs> not the bad boys, that sounds a bit camp, but <laughs> we're like, you know, the misfits of the hiking community. When you saw other people's videos, it was quite professional and, you know, done it all properly. Um, and we were just finding our way. Even though Nath had done bits and bobs, he would often make mistakes. Uh, me and him would row, um, a lot of bickering and what have you. No rows, really. We never fell out. but And we cussed a lot, you know, in the early days. There was a lot of swearing in our videos. So I think a lot of people... It took time for them to warm to us. But we was enjoying making the videos and the few people that were watching it, a completely different audience to who watches it now, to be honest. Yeah, the first video of yours I watched, and I went back through your thing today to, to, to just to get a few details, because I could remember it, but I don't know if I can describe it very well. So you were camping at, I think, Bleak House Ruins. Yeah, yeah. And it was torrential, and you got back, I think it was when you got back to the car, you, were, you know, there was a bit of back and forth, and you left it right up and what have you but my thought was that you've got a couple of guys here who are just like me yeah they've got gear that i can afford to buy exactly yeah and they're just going out for the crack yeah just the experience around that time there was an awful lot of stuff on youtube and obviously in like the great you know in the magazines and that and it was all msr tents yeah patagonia and rab hoodies and it just felt a little bit more accessible yeah and also, in terms of the creative side of it, and please take this as a compliment it's meant, it's, this counts. Right. I could do that in in a kind of a punk rock kind of way. Like, my, my brother plays in a punk band, yeah. and for him, it's he looks to Green Day and was like, 
if they can make a punk record, I can do that. Yeah. I can't do, you know, he can't do like, I don't know, Jimi Hendrix or Led Zeppelin, but he could probably do punk rock. Yeah. And and that's how it felt to me. It was like almost punk rock so hiking. So like the punk rockers of hiking. Yeah, but please take, <laughs> no, please no, take that as a compliment. That like, yeah, because I like, I like to think, you know, everyone else has got, I went to a Rab weekend the other week. I don't know if you know, Rab invited me and a mm. load of other YouTubers up. And I felt a bit like the odd one up there because they've all got uh, like your GoPros and clip-on mics. I've got this tiny little Sony Handycam with a bit of washing up foam stuck over the microphone. <laughs> and I, we've always been a bit rough and ready, but I like the camcorders and I like what you can do. You can zoom in and frame things a lot nicer than you can with the gopros everything's so wide and you know i always find you can sort of set up a nicer shot with the handycams that's why i use them they're a bit more bulky but they they do the job um so yeah i can see that that sort of rough around the edges punk rock feel <laughs> to our videos no but it's kind of like and um, you know um you, well you're into your movies you know kevin smith yeah yeah he but... saw he saw sl- exactly he saw Slacker by Richard Linklater and was like, "If this counts as a movie, I can do yeah. this." Yeah, and it's do you, you see what I'm getting at? You understand it's meant as a compliment. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, good. You know, and that's good. one of my. I can't watch many other videos from other people because I get this really like this anxiety sort of complex. But as soon as I watch someone else's video, I'm like, oh what am I doing? You know, I start questioning everything I do. So I'd much rather live it and create the videos how I want than to sort of try and base on other people's and copy what other people are doing. There's a lot of that goes on. You see one person do a video and then everyone does the same. Whereas I just sort of pick places I want to go, go and visit them. Sometimes I'll look at a video if I'm going to an area just to get an idea of that area. But I don't, sort of religiously watch other people's videos if i'm honest but they know that anyway <laughs> how much um planning goes into the making of a video or is it just a case <laughs> i'll take the camera out and see what i can get sort of like cinema verite style if you like yeah it is it's just it's very documentary sort of feel we're just and i mean even to the planning side of it you know when me and Nath used to get together we'd literally get together in the morning where do you want to go open a map there let's go there <laughs> you know and so it's a case of i want to go here rather than that i'll make a good yeah video. or sometimes it's like you know when we go to the lake district i'll look at different routes and sort of find somewhere i'd like to go and see and plot a route myself uh, around that but yeah it's very much we don't know what to expect when we get there we just film it as we go and take it from there so yeah not a lot of planning <laughs> yeah so ha- what does the editing process look like then is that quite in depth and takes it a while it does take or... a while i got quite i do quite a lot of cuts but it's easier now because i don't film absolutely everything back then i used to film everything and then even make really long videos i watch a lot of the earlier ones and i think oh these are dull or i'd end up uh, you know and as time went on i'd start leaving bits out and then you start to learn the bits you're leaving out, so you you just don't bother filming them when you go out next. And do you shoot everything fresh for each video, or have you got like a stock of B-roll that you can go no, to? No, it's all, and... all there on that video. And like when we're like walking along and talking into the camera, I'll say I'll be talking about the areas around us. 
then I'll stop and then film close-ups of those areas to cut in over my big ugly mug because I try not to I say this but I think more I talk more into the cameras now than I ever used to or I feel like I do but that's what used to put me off a lot of other people's videos when I'd watch someone else's video and it's just all their head in the shot and you're just like I just want to see what you're where you are and I've been watching for 10 minutes and I haven't seen anything other than your head. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, I find with the podcast, if I'm back and forth with someone like this, it's really easy. But as soon as like you're gone and I and I do my intro piece, I'll be here for like four hours trying to get yeah. it right and get it. And I'll be honest, I because I've dabbled with the YouTube stuff before and I just, I couldn't do it as well as other people would do. I couldn't do it as well as you were doing it, for, you know? So it's like, not what's the point. I'm still going to mess with it, but... I'm going to do it on my terms. Yeah, I think that's what it like is. Like everyone else does and it. Don't, don't, you know, if that's what I mean when I say I watch other people's and sometimes I'm like, oh, they, it looks so good what they're doing. And I just sort of, it knocks me off my course. It feels like it's trying to knock me off my course. So I have to like, all oh, no, right, I'm not watching that anymore. But, you know, I've met up with different YouTubers. I've got nothing against any of them. I, I just don't watch their videos. Um, I don't want to sound snobby for that. It's not a snobby reason. It's no, it's no, a no, personal reasons. You know, it's a it's a creative reason. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. If you don't want you don't want to be influenced by whatever people are doing. You don't want to be copying people for the sake. Be, you know, if you watch something too much, is that going to seep into your process? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is a bit arty, but you know. Yeah, there there is that side of it as well, but I think, yeah, I, but I just enjoy doing it i i love making videos i love the editing process it's one of my favorite one of my favorite hobbies is editing it's weird isn't it <laughs> i find that but, as well like with the audio from this and when i've done youtube stuff in the past it is like once i've collected everything together it's then like molding it into something yeah cohesive useful. yeah yeah so um your process has obviously changed quite a lot since that first video <laughs> and it seems to be working because like I think I started. I think I subscribed to your channel. You had about twelve hundred, yeah, and now you're up to about twenty thousand or something. Yeah, twenty two thousand now. Yeah, that's good going. It is. It is good going. It has spurts. Um, I think over lockdown was when I got most of our subscribers. We got a massive amount then, and like when I done like kit reviews and things like that, tent reviews. They always get good views and extra subscribers. That's one of the things that really does my head in about YouTube is that I made a film with my boy who went out and hiked around the New Forest for three days and I made it, you know, just a little video and we put it into the New Forest Film Festival and it made oh, the Oh, that's right. Yes, I remember watching right? it, yeah. And it's had about 190 views <laughs> and then I did a review of a tent, which I basically chucked the tent up and spent about half an hour on it, spent half an hour on the editing. It's had 13 phases of views. Exactly. That's, it's what people want to watch, but if it gets you, if it gets them over to you, then there's yeah. a chance that they'll watch other stuff. But I mean, I just think like I, I wish I'd never made that fucking video. <laughs> so, you know, it's like that's not me at all. It's, that was that was me trying to do what everyone else was doing. Yeah, and I think I enjoyed the the kit reviews, um, but I got to a point where I was sort of like getting sent stuff and it's crap, and I don't. I never give a review and just say, oh, this is great. But if I do a crap review, I don't always, I think, I'm not even going to put that on my channel. So now I don't even, you know, I rarely get stuff. Olight send me torches all the time, but I've got patrons. Um, so I always just 
give them the opportunity to take a, an Olight torch. I don't have all these torches, but I've even stopped making videos for them. I just put a post up. You know, every month they seem to want to give me another torch, and I'm like, it's a hundred quid torch. I'm not going to say no. But I just say, eBay. I'm not going to do... The, well, no, I don't sell them. Like I say, I just no, I know, give them I know, one. Yeah. But uh, I'd not, I just tell them, I, I can't keep making videos because every time I make an Olight video as well, I lose subscribers. And I don't want to lose integrity. I want people to want to watch my, if I do a kit review, I want it to be something that I'm going to use. Um, and I do love the Olight torch. You know, the, the very first one they sent me, I use, and I use it all the time. And it's absolutely amazing, especially for filming that's the thing with podcasting and with youtube and that you start off with like all the integrity and no viewers mm. and you forever fight or no listeners or and no money and but you know you're forever balancing that out, yeah aren't you? yeah but i do you know i still do enjoy doing a bit of kit review today i tested out a tent that i bought last year um i've took it out a couple of times over the winter but i I hadn't done a review of it and i just quite enjoy putting them up in the garden and going through what i think of it and I think this one was a bit different because it wasn't just coming straight out the pack and opening it up. I've used it as well. So, because um, I know some people are like, oh, you just test gear. You don't even know if it's good or not. Um, but I always try and find, you know, I try to be sort of honest with my approach to it. Just watch the one Tigress video <laughs> if you've uh, never seen that. Oh, in your back garden? Yeah, where well, I... <laughs> they're all in my back garden but this is the one where yeah, i just yeah, yeah, couldn't yeah. put it up the, the basil yeah. faulty video they call it and <laughs> um, before we move on from the youtube stuff have you got a couple of the, i'm sure there'll be a lot of um outdoor youtubers listening into this one so yeah, go on. why aren't you pro- listening to us cu- why don't you watch a couple us? of pro sorry a couple of pro go on a couple of pro tips for youtubers aspiring youtubers uh just enjoy it just do what you do yeah, just enjoy it, but stay safe. Don't go to any risks to make a video because, like you were saying earlier, you could like people. Well, my popular videos tend to be either my kit reviews or when something goes wrong, <laughs> you know. But you don't want to just go out in all these shit conditions just to make something go wrong, you know. If we've ever gone out in those conditions, it's because we've either been we've been caught out basically in them. Or it's a date that we've had planned for ages and we go for it and then we like just like wish we hadn't. Um, so, yeah, just stay safe. Um, just do what you do. Be yourself, isn't it, basically? Because people can tell when you're being yourself or they can tell when you're being false, I think. And I think that's another reason people watch us because we're just – we're not trying to be anyone other than us, you know. There's no point – us pretending we're professional <laughs> we're just enjoying it i'm just interrupting to let you know that this episode is brought to you by off the beaten pot bringing great food back to the great outdoors if you would like to learn recipes hints tips tricks for cooking in the great outdoors then please check out the youtube channel youtube.com forward slash off the beaten pot cheers just up the trail is also sponsored by you our dear listener if you can spare a fiver a month you'll be helping to keep the show free for those who can't it's a model built on kindness where i get paid for the work i do for the show everybody gets a podcast and you get a lovely warm feeling inside if you can support the show please go to www 
justupthetrail.com forward slash support or through the link in the show notes and I really appreciate that. Cheers. So far on like on this podcast, people I've talked to, there's been a real sort of link between what they do outdoors and their their creativity if you like so with you it's videography and yeah. i think i've seen a few of your little paintings on your instagram yeah oh, i've done two paintings the third painting i put a hole through because <laughs> but is that something that's always that creativity is that something that's come out more since you've been hiking is there more of a relationship with the outdoors there um, because of that or i think some of the landscapes i take you know some of the shots are set up look really nice and i think oh that'd be a nice painting um, some of them I got blown up as like um, as canvases. I don't know if you see behind me one of the me on the Lake District there, but I've got loads of just Dartmoor landscapes all around our house that I've printed out, and I just I quite enjoy watching painting videos. I'm no good at it myself, but so it was just a case of like I'm going to give it a try. So the one on your Instagram um, was it a man? Oh, that scratchy face! I really like face, that. I really face. like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I've always done scratchy faces when I when I talk to someone or on the phone and I doodle. Yeah, these scratchy faces. I don't know why, but I've always done them. I really like that. They had a certain quality to it. Yeah, I thought. yeah. Um, that's so. about as far as my artistic endeavours have gone, really. <laughs> um, so you're saying about having your picture, your pictures of Dartmoor up around the house? Is it like a real love affair with Dartmoor now? Um. It is, yeah. I do, I do love it. And if I haven't gone up there for a while, I sort of, I miss it. And What's a while? A couple of days? No, no. Like the beginning of this year was awful. I hadn't gone out for ages, and we had lots of sort of hiccups, and life sort of got in the way of a lot of stuff. And I wasn't producing videos as much, and that started to sort of eat eat away at me a bit, and I, I was getting a bit depressed. I don't have a lot of time to get too far and we only had the one car as well. So I was when I was getting out, I was going to places I've already been and it felt like I'm making the same videos and doing the same thing. And then one day I I just thought, I need to get out onto Dartmoor for just Dartmoor's sake. And I just walked up onto Dartmoor and just walked without a camera. And it was the first time that I'd ever done that. And it was just so liberating. Just It was just like, I've got, you know, I haven't, got to make a film i can just enjoy this and it was just a sort of a grounding moment really and um yeah it sort of from that moment on the year started to get better and it put me in a better mindset and um yeah i don't know it's it, it saved me a couple of times i think dartmoor has you know so it's funny the relationship with like the outdoors in like mental health i'll speak for myself here that um i can go through my um photos on my phone and as there's fewer and fewer photos of us getting out that's where i'm having dodgy mental health periods yeah and so like just before christmas last year i had a proper meltdown and got signed off and put in for therapy and all oh, of that dear. sort of stuff but we'd only been out twice in two years yeah and not like pro- properly out and um with the you know we had moved from the isle of wight to portland and the whole idea was to be able to get out more yeah and then with lockdowns and then lockdown was all right because we weren't allowed to go anywhere for me it was like when we were then allowed out and like we wanted to go to dartmoor like both summers we planned to do the 
the two moors way. Yeah. And both summers, Dartmoor is absolutely heaving with idiots. Oh, they were, yeah. Especially the first summer, the first summer after lockdown. And I really felt that us going was just going to add to that burden. Yeah. And we just felt that the best thing we can do is stay away. Um, So I just wondered if you wanted to speak to, like, the impact of the lockdown and the release on such a special area, really. Yeah, I think because people couldn't get away. It was attracting the wrong crowds. And people didn't understand that it's, yes, it's free camping, but it's not a campsite. And this is what was, you know, such a hard... It, it was horrible to see it. We, I took my son a few years before lockdown to Belliver Forest, and we'd done a camp there, me and him in a tarp with a friend. And it was really great. You know, he loved it. And then as lockdown was releasing, I was like, we should go back to there. And we packed up the tents and that in the car, and we went down there. And, oh, my God, I've never seen... Oh, it's just like butlins down there, but it was horrible. People were just tearing branches off of trees to make fires all over the place. And I was just sort of speaking up to them. And Donna was like, Trevor, just leave them. Don't, don't talk to them. I was like, you're not supposed to have fires here. And it just made me really angry. Um, but then you like, I'd hear, like, listening to the radio, um, Zoe Ball was reading out a, a letter from someone. Oh, we're down on Dartmoor. We've been camping down here for three nights. And, uh, you know, having beers around the fire and all this. And she's reading that out. And I'm thinking, well, this... You know, she's advertising the fact that Dartmoor is free camping, but she's not telling people, you know, there's no responsibility there. And that's what was frustrating. And a lot of the YouTubers would start to do videos about Leave No Trace and that, but our viewers aren't those people. That's the trouble. These are the people who, from what I could tell, you know, they're the people who couldn't go to Magaluf that year. Yeah. Or Benedict. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, to be honest. And they ain't going to be listening to this either, are they? No. So them what we exactly. like. But yeah. um, it's that, I think it's that, I think we're really fortunate to have Dartmoor as somewhere we can go and experience wild camping legally. Like land access in England and Wales is so limited. And yeah. It, like, it really needs addressing. But like, like Scotland seemed to have the right idea of you have the right to responsible access. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that should be brought in here. But if, you know, the last two years, if you like, certainly that first year of the pandemic is anything to go by, we don't deserve responsible access. Well, there's so many out there who aren't responsible, isn't there? And it wasn't just youngsters either, because I saw a lot of, I, I left a lot of Facebook groups that year because people were just getting nasty and it was a horrible place. I used to, I started up a Dartmoor Facebook group, um, Dartmoor public group on Facebook just because I had nowhere to share whenever I shared my videos people would take them down from different Facebook pages so I like I'm going to create my own Dartmoor page and now it's it took off but through that period I, I end up leaving it because I was like this isn't what I want the minute someone puts a post up everyone's on them and it's just horrible but it's not and uh, the youngsters was getting a lot of blame for it but when I when I went down there it wasn't just youngsters there was people of all ages acting it's horrible. There aren't many youngsters can afford a Volkswagen camper van these days either. No, no. Should we get on to happier stuff? <laughs> I'd love to. Do you have a favourite area of Dartmoor or a favourite tour or um, a favourite hike? I have a few to? of my favourite 
tours. I love the North more. I just love it. Um, that's where we went the first time. And it always feels, every time I go there, it's just smashing. Um, so I went up there the other day because when I drive home from work, um, you could see the North Moor in its entirety, the northwestern side of the moor. And it starts at Lidford and then it goes all the way across over Great Links, Sorton, over to High Willays, uh, and then over to right over to Bellstone. You, you see this massive moorland on the horizon. And I just thought, I've always wanted to walk from one side to the other. And that I done it the other week, and it is it's just my favourite part. And all, all that edge as well, you're looking over Devon and Cornwall. You can see the sea on a good day, or when the sun sets, you see it reflecting in the sea right down over Cornwall. So that's one of my favourite areas. One of my favourite walks is what they call the uh, Mini Ten Tours, which is at Hay Tour. It starts at Hay Tour and then it goes like Ripon Tour and over to Bell Tour and... Oh, I can't, uh, it comes back around to Hound Tour and then back to Hay Tour. It's just a nice little walk. You didn't come on that one. You come on the Bellstone Walk because I set that up once, yeah. Um, that was the Oak Tour Walk you come on, wasn't it? But Oak Tour is one of my favourite tours. I like that. Uh, Shellstone Tour. No, yeah, Shellstone's nice. Black Tour is a great view. Oh, just so many, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done a lot of the South, but... We always go to... Um... Burrator Reservoir and yeah. Dane Tour and Sheep Store. We always visit Dane there because that's nice. The kids can go and paddle in the stream. Yeah, nice. And, it, and yeah. it's and it's not as busy as um, is it two bridges? Yeah, that gets busy. Down yeah, that gets busy. Yeah. But Dane Burrator doesn't seem to be quite so busy, and we can go and do a bit of bouldering up there. And yeah, yeah. You like the climbing, then, didn't you? Yeah, well, I'm not very good at it. I'm not brave like enough it. to let my son do it. It's, <laughs> I'm I'm just got my heart in my throat all the time, and I watch him climbing on the rocks. One of my other favourites is um, up at Staple Tour, Great Staple Tour. Yeah, I yeah, love it nice. up there. Yeah, but all of that Maryvale area is amazing. Yeah, Maryvale as well. It's what, sort of where the north sort of almost meets the south, isn't it? But that area in between, like around Fogging Tour and Swell Tour, is really nice as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. The old King's Tour is like really nice to camp on as well. If you get up there, we got up there. It's really sunny day. And then we went up and set camp, and like by the time we put the tents up, the mist had come in, and it was just like no one else was going to come up there. No, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I've not camped at, at King's Tour. I've been up there a few times, but I've never camped. I always end up going up to Great Mist or Great Staple. But yeah, I got a nice photo, uh, photo of Great Staple Tour as well that I've done on a canvas. And it's got like ponies in front of it and then a rainbow behind it. It's just brilliant. Yeah. But that was when. I went up with my son, and again, he he's only come out with me twice. He does, he's not interested anymore, but I'm hoping he will be one day. It's funny because my kids are all mad for it. Like, yeah. But then, but then they've always like they've always done it. It's like they haven't had a choice. I don't go out on my own. No. So, but um, you do get further afield though. So you've been up to the up the big ones in Wales. You've done the three peaks. We've done the three peaks. So not all at once, but we've no. done them all. Yeah. Any um, highlights? How, how hard was Ben Nevis? We walked past the bottom of Ben Nevis when we did the West Highland Way. We just because we had already done like nearly a hundred miles, we didn't have the legs to. No, I bet. Get yeah, because <laughs> like the youngest one was only five when we did the West Highland I Way. I know, amazing, amazing, yeah, Bob. So, See, our kids they moan and moan about coming out hiking, but once they're out, they love it. Um, and we had family down last year, and they wanted to go and do a walk on Dartmoor, so I plotted this route, and our kids come. 
and they just made it look easy, you know, and our cousin's son was sort of dragging his heels a bit and, you know, they enjoyed it, but I don't think he, that he, he did. He's a teenager, but he didn't enjoy it. But our kids was just, yeah, done us proud, really. Good, yeah. It's nice when you kind of think, yeah, I kind of had a hand in that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. yeah. I'm hoping that when they're older, they get into it a bit more. You know, they've got loads of gear they can borrow. I've got hundreds of it. So. <laughs> That's what I say to my kids, like, because um, the eldest one's 15. I say to them, like, you've got climbing shoes. We've got bouldering mats. If you want, you and your mates want to take the mats down and go climbing, just grab them and on you go. Yeah. And they don't. They just, like, he's into, like, his Warhammer and his Magic the Gathering card Oh, games yeah, my stuff, oldest son but... plays that magic. But... <laughs> I can't get the hang of it. But, yeah, so, going back, sorry, the mountains, Snowden was the first one we'd done, and that was hard going because, at that point, I think we'd only done three walks on Dartmoor as training. The Lake District, when we'd done Scarfell Pike, was a bit easier. It was still hard, hard slog. But by that point, I'd started doing a little bit on the southwest coast path. By the time I come to Ben Nevis, I was actually the fittest I'd ever been. And it actually felt the easiest. It actually felt harder coming down than going up for me, that one. Um, is your Himalaya trip still on? Yes. Hopefully this year, nothing will stop it. So fingers crossed. But yeah, it's all sort of going ahead. So yeah, I'm feeling a bit more confident about that because at the beginning of the year, I was like, I don't know if I want to go. You know, I being away from the family for like two weeks. Um, but the sun's come out now and I feel better. <laughs> is there a rough itinerary for like what hiking you're going to be doing when you get out there? There or? is, yeah. There's, it's like, is it eight days of hiking? And then five or six days staying in Nepal and sort of working in a hospice, sort of helping around a hospice. Um, so a bit of DIY and building stuff and things like that. So that'll be all right. Have you done much like research on where you're going or are you trying to leave uh, Rob, it as a surprise? Yeah, no, I should. And I, I really don't. I went when, I, when it first came out, I sort of went through all the details and I sort of knew a bit about it, but... I haven't looked at any of the information for ages. I've, this year, I just feel like I'm sort of just, I feel like I'm hacking down foliage to get anywhere at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. that's just life. And all the things I should be doing just seem to be on the back burner at the moment. I won't keep you much longer and I'll let you get out of here. So, that's um, all right. Where, before, <clears throat> I've got a few quick fire things to throw at you. Okay. Um, but first of all, let us know where we can find you and all your lovely stuff. Well, you can find me over on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash summit or nothing. <laughs> Thank you. And and I shall, I'll put all the links to that in the show notes. A few quick fire things then. Yeah. Hiking or camping? Hiking. I do enjoy the camping, but I just love the hiking. I love the feeling after a good walk. Yeah. I just, you just feel reinvigorated, don't you? Camping's great as well though, but. I always feel that camping is like the thing I have to do to be able to stay out for longer. Yeah. Like I, I love that feeling of moving through the landscape. Yeah, definitely. And like when you're on like a long walk, that kind of, you can feel the landscape changing as you pass. Oh, through or a bit constantly. Well. Yeah. Constantly changing in every corner or every hill you go over. Yeah. I love it. Uh, next one quickly. Filmmaker or YouTuber? Uh, I'd love to say filmmaker, but I think YouTuber. Well, I don't know. Yeah, YouTuber at the moment, isn't it? I'd love to do films, though, but... What's the difference? I think if I was a filmmaker, I possibly wouldn't be... I don't know. I don't know. I suppose there is an element of it 
filmmaking in my work because like I say I like to try and find a nice shot you know when I do the walking backwards and forwards shots it's got to be something that looks catches my eye so there is that and I suppose the editing side of it I take a bit of time crafting it but it's on YouTube isn't it it's not in a it's not in a cinema it's not on the telly there's some good stuff on YouTube nowadays man there's better stuff on YouTube than on the telly yeah yeah um solo or with a mate solo perhaps I lo- I don't know I love the isolation I love being out on my own but then I do I love going out with people as well so but possibly just doing it solo like the southwest coast bath I've done most of that on my own and I just love that just getting out and doing it walk at my own pace then Rob you know I'm not having to chase someone <laughs> You must do some miles though, forever going back for the camera, and you know. Yeah, sometimes I probably probably do an extra mile on each walk. <laughs> um, the last of these quick ones, then, if you had to choose, yeah, you you can never go back on Dartmoor again, or you can never make another film. Oh, it probably. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I have done a lot of Dartmoor, and I haven't made as many films as I like. I'd still like to make a proper film. If I'm honest. Oh, that's a hard one, Rob. I suppose if I didn't go to Dartmoor, I've got other places I can go. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I um, asked Chris Tainton the same thing because like, he's written like 25-odd books yeah, all, all about hiking. And I was asking him, would you be writing about something else if you didn't have the hike? And he's like, I've been hiking and writing for 45 years. I like, wouldn't know anything what, else. What, what kind of question is that, you amateur? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have you got any major plans for the summer? Um, just wing it, a wing and a prayer. Rob, see where I go. <laughs> so you've not got you, you no plans to? Uh, I'm going. I'm walking but... over Snowdon at night for Macmillan. Um, oh, wonderful! Uh, it's just something that come up in January. Like I said, I hadn't done anything, and I wasn't getting out, and I saw it pop up, and I thought, do you know what? That sounds good fun. So I've booked that. Um, that's about all I've got planned, but I have plans to do things. <laughs> so what does it, like in terms, do you you try and get out every week in the summer, do you, even if it's just up onto Dartmoor? Um, yeah, well, it depends really how busy we are. I don't, if I'm working, because at the moment I'm working five days a week. So, and it's not, it's nice to have some time with the family in it on the weekends and stuff. But when I have time off in the week, that's when I can try and get out every week because I'm like, oh, I've got a free day this week. I'm going to go down the Southwest Coast Path or go up on Dartmoor. Um, but I don't feel I'm at a stage now where I don't feel I have to put a video out every week. You know, I just it was getting a bit much doing it for those reasons and trying to keep it all going. And now I've got to a point where I feel happier just doing it every now and again. And if I, like, well, oh, we'll just take the kids out this weekend and go and do something with the family, and it's it's almost an un, um, a way to unwind, you know, so... You, fa- you found that balance then? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I wonder if I have, but then, yeah, most of the time I feel it. Yeah, it's finding that balance, I suppose, and hopefully that walk you did with, without the camera is giving you that sort of idea that you don't have to film everything it doesn't you know yeah but it was because i really wanted to go and do a walk and i kept thinking but oh, i need to make a video and i couldn't get out 
somewhere to make a video and then it was like oh i just won't bother walking and then i was like well no that's just crazy you know it's a nice day you've got the day to yourself just go and walk and yeah i done 14 miles on my own and it was just i you know i came home a different person then after like a really crap start to the year and you know my wife noticed the change in me and since that moment i felt more uplifting i've got more drive in me just walking gives me that drive you know it's the best fuel i think excellent thank you very much trev that was wonderful rob thank you very much so Um, good to talk to you again nice to see you